Well, praise God. I tell you what, I'm so, so excited to finally get to be here with you guys. I tell you, where two more are gathered together in his name, there he is in the midst of them. So I am just believing that God is going to speak. He's going to touch your heart. He is going to just touch you where you are this morning. You know, there's so many that walked in and you can tell they're just ready to go. They're excited. They know they have that expectation of what God is going to do. But then there are those who come in or join us online who are a little bit weary, who the enemy has just really kind of beat you down, beat you back this year or in the last year, and you've gotten to that place that it's been going on so long, it's just harder and harder for you to see the light. And I am believing this morning that God is going to show you his light, that you are going to see that light at the end of the tunnel that you've been looking for, that you've been believing for, that you have been praying for and seeking God after. Amen. Because there is a time for every purpose, every season, everything we do on this earth, there is a time under heaven and God has his hand in it and his purpose in it. And I believe he's going to start sharing and showing that revelation to those who have been so diligently seeking for so long. Amen. Is there anyone this morning who feels comfortable lifting your hand up and say, I have been seeking God. I've been seeking after him. Amen. So many people have been seeking after God and some have heard and they've gotten that revelation, but there are those who haven't yet. And that's okay because God has got it coming. Amen. He has got that word for you. And so if it's okay with you guys this morning, I want to take the first little bit, quarter of the message and share a testimony of this. And why do we share the words of our testimony? It's to share with others what God has done. And so that we can come together and build our faith and see what God has done and see how he works through those who have been weak and broken and how he's done things that they could never do because of his power and his strength. Amen. And so whatever you're dealing with in your life today, I just want us as we preach and as we speak this message and as we believe that the Holy Spirit is speaking, I just want you to begin to take that thing where you're sitting within yourself and say, God, this is what it is for me, Lord. This is what I'm carrying today. This is what I need to lay down. I want you to take that thing and I want you to begin to meditate as you listen to the words of what our scripture says and what the word of the Lord says. And I want you to begin to ask him through this message during this time to reveal something to you that he's not revealed before. Because I tell you, that's what he did for me. It was I was sitting in a service in Daphne at the church we attend, Pastor John Kilpatrick's church, and I was sitting in a service. It was the last service of 2021 and God spoke to me in such a powerful way that I began in sitting there just to weep and just tears to pour. And my daughter Alexis is now a teenager, so she doesn't go to kids church anymore. So she sits in service with me. And I was telling him in the first service, I could see her kind of glance over, not knowing what was wrong as the tears pour, because it was a revelation. It was a word that God spoke through that word the pastor was preaching, but it came to me in such a powerful way. It was a word and an explanation I I had waited on for seven years. It was an understanding and a knowledge because God tells us we can find ourselves in his word. We can find our situation, our circumstance, and his word over it in his word. And I've believed and I've had faith and I've known and I've seen. But when God spoke it, man, it was such a powerful thing. Has anyone ever got a revelation from God that just caused you 
to just take a step back and weep or cry or cry out to him and be so thankful. Amen. Amen. I think almost everyone at some point, I pray you have experienced it, but if you haven't, you will. I can promise you that. And I tell you, so I want to share with you guys a little bit of a testimony. And you know, I I tell you, I believe that through God's plan, through his purpose, I tell you, with God, there is no coincidence that you are sitting in here today, that you're hearing a word or a message from God anytime you hear it, whether it be an online Bible study, whether it be in a service here, whether it be you're out of town at a different service, God has got you there at that appointed time to hear a word. And so I want it, they're going to put the title of today's message up on the screen, and it's called Breaking Through. I tell you, and when I look at that, if you just look there for a minute and you take that thing you're going through, I see that and I tell you with those little lights coming up, I tell you, the Holy Spirit is trying to break through in our lives. Amen. He sends those things in our lives. Uh, He sends people. He sends word. He sends revelation. He sends angels. He sends all of these things in our life to cause a breakthrough to happen when we most need it. Amen. And so as I was saying, I was sitting in that service, just like any other service. It was the end of the year, walked in there just like you guys did today. Didn't even know I needed a revelation or a word of God. It had been seven years ago in 2015. And like I said, bear with me just a minute. I'm going to give a quick snippet of a testimony, but so it had been seven years, totally forgotten. I needed a word had totally made peace and trusted in God of his purpose and his plan. Because see seven years ago at the beginning of 2015, well, really actually the end of 2014, I had began begun to seek God in a way I'd never sought God before. So if you guys knew me then or knew our family, then you know that I really felt called. I stayed at home with my girls. Um, Cricket did the pastoring and the preaching and all of that. I never spoke. I never did anything. I felt great in that. So I thought, but I knew God was stirring something. And I also knew a lot of the reasons I didn't do or didn't move in the direction God told me to was out of fear, was out of insecurity, doubt, saying, you know what? I went to college. I met Cricket. We got married, but I didn't go to Bible college. It was almost a not feeling worthy situation that the enemy was putting on me. Has anybody ever been there? Not felt worthy where the enemy has tried to convince you of that. So that's kind of where I was and I didn't realize it. So I began to pray at the end of that year, like the end of last year, I began to pray and seek God. And then in January, just as we did this year, we began our fast. And so the fast began, and I remember for like the first time ever, having a journal and sitting it out, had not wrote anything in it. And I woke up one night, and I began to just write and write and write. And I wrote about three or four pages. And as I look back at it, I realized it was revelation, and it was word from God. Well, that in that way had never happened to me before. So I began to pray over it and pray God's will over it. Amen? And so then after that happened, probably definitely one of the biggest battles of my life, of our family, of our marriage, of anything that I could ever remember happened. And it lasted, started in February and it lasted for months, felt like an eternity, even though it was months, the greatest battle I'd ever walked through, the life and death kind of battles that we go through. And started, as I would say then, out of nowhere, and truly it was, um, everything was, for lack of a better word or so, we thought great in our life. Kids were good, marriage was good, husband was good, church was good, everything was good. And then, bam, literally overnight, something happened. And I'd never really 
through the process of the seven years completely could explain or find in the word or seek or explain to anyone else what happened. That was the question. How did that come on? All I could say was it just hit. Well, then over the seven years, God began to do a major transformation in my life. That fear, the doubt, the anxiety, all of those things that were a bondage and that held me back began to melt away, began to go away piece by piece. And the challenge that would come up and the enemy would put before me, God would overcome. Amen. And I began to face a challenge and I would fight it differently. And I began to face something going on in our life. I was diagnosis and surgery and healing and personal things and all of that we began to fight in a different way because God had broken something that the enemy had had over me my entire life. And so over the course of this seven years from starting January of 2015 till the end of December 2021 had been a seven year period. And how many of you guys in here know what the, what seven represents? Completeness, fullness, to be complete and finished in something. And God spoke to me, this is the end of the season. But not only is this the end of a season, I'm going to give you a revelation about when this season started and what that was. I'm going to give you the thing that you had been seeking for so long, but that along the way you began to trust me. And even though you didn't know what happened, you just trusted that it was my will for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years. So at the end, in God's goodness, I'm going to share a revelation with you. But I've said this before, and I said this on my Wednesday morning Bible studies. When God shares a revelation with one person, it's not for just one person. See, God doesn't just do something for me or for you. He does it for everyone because God cares about us all and God loves us all. And when he does something, it's to share the testimony so that it can set someone else free. Amen. So I'm going to share this scripture with you and I'm going to explain a little bit. And then I'm going to move into the message portion. It is in the book of Daniel. And my pastor there preached this message. And when he did it, I tell you, it just, like I said, it hit me and tears began to cry. And by the end of that message, it had been about two years, I think, about two years since he had actually gone out into the congregation and prayed over people. And he had walked out. It's about a church of a thousand or two. He walked out. He began to pray. His usher began to pray. People were praying over people. And he walked up and he prayed over me. But then he prayed over Lexi. And Lexi began to just weep. And she began to cry. And then she just, I tell you, she just fell out. I tell you, she was so touched by God. And although I may not know exactly what God did, I trust and know God did something in her that day. Amen? And so because our freedom is not just for us. It's for the generations that are gonna, is going to come after us. So let's look at Daniel 10. Sorry, guys, this wrong. Let's see. Daniel 10. There we go. Daniel 10, 12. It says, then he, then he continued, do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come in response. So see, I remember praying and seeking and asking God. And right here in Daniel 12, it says that God sees it. God knows, and God will send a word. He will send a revelation to you. Amen? He will send it. And it says, from the first day, 
from the first day you start, that day you choose God, that day you choose life, that day you choose to do different, he is there. Amen? And then goes on to 13, and it says... But the prince of Persia and the kingdom resisted me for 21 days. And Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained with the king of Persia. See, there are spiritual things. I don't know if you guys are aware or realize this. I think most of you do. There are spiritual things that fight us harder than anything on this earth. So he's explaining here, I'm fighting with this prayer. I'm fighting with darkness. I'm trying to get this word to you. You have sought, God has heard, and I'm bringing the word. And the struggle was real. And he even sent Michael, it says in 14, now, so there was that breakthrough. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time that is yet to come. See, when God gives you a revelation, when you write it down in that journal or you write it wherever you write it, God is giving you a vision for what is to come. He is giving you a word for the future. He speaks it through his word. He speaks it through his revelation. He can speak it prophetically. But God is giving you a word for something in the future. While he was saying this to me, I bowed down to my face towards the ground and was speechless. Then the one who looked like a man, so this was that angel that delivered the word, touched my lips, opened my mouth and began to speak. I said the one, to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of this vision, my Lord. I feel weak. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone and I can hardly breathe. And if any of you guys were here seven years ago, when you saw me at my weakest, physically, at my most broken, all being brought about by anxiety, depression, things I had never experienced before in my life came out of nowhere. What we see in Daniel, see, God, had, I had had a desire. God has seen that desire and God had given me a revelation. And the enemy will fight you in every single way when God gives you a word to keep that word from bringing about. I don't think some of us understand how powerful a word from God is and how much the enemy will try and stop it. So I remember being completely out of breath, being not able to communicate and speak for a season of a few months. So if you are dealing with an unexplained attack that you don't understand, go back and read Daniel. Ask yourself, have you sought God? Yes. Have you heard a word? Yes. Have you been given a word? Yes. Are you in an unexplained explainable attack. Maybe you are. Look at Daniel. Read Daniel. Meditate on Daniel and know that God is fighting. He is sending those to fight to get you that word, to get you that breakthrough. And God showed me. It was so faithful. He said, I brought you that word. And the reason that it came on out of nowhere, the reason it just woke up and appeared in one day is because the enemy was going to do anything he could do to stop you from where I've got you today. Amen. Amen. And so for some of you guys who are going through something that is not explained, it's because the enemy, the enemy is fighting you because of what God is trying to do in your life. And you have got to believe it for you because the word of God tells us, be it according to your faith. So as you're sitting there and you're thinking about that thing in your life going on today, ask yourself, do I believe God can? I know I can't, but do I really believe God can? Not that I say it to anybody, but do I believe? There's been several times I've had to check myself for things that were 
bigger than I can imagine and say, do I believe? And I tell you, since God did that in my life seven years ago, when Isla was diagnosed with um, double hip dysplasia, she was born, caught it late at three, were both hip sockets. Both hips were out of socket, so it was a miracle she could even walk. She's got some strong little muscles and tendons, and they did a surgery, and praise God, she is healed, and it all went well. But I remember a time saying, do I believe, on the very first day, driving back across the bridge from the doctor's office, who, let me tell you, that's another message, but God puts in your life, man, people, for a reason. For a reason, for a season, and they may not stay with you forever, but if they're there for a season, it is a God appointment. And I remember driving back across that bridge, and that thought came, as I believe any mother would get, any father would get, of just tears at that. But then instantly I heard God say, do you believe? And I said, yes. No question. Yes. Didn't even call Cricky yet, because he had the other girls. I said, nope, I'm going to believe, and I'm going to know it before I even call. And see, seven years ago, I couldn't have done that. I can tell you this. If God hadn't changed something seven years ago through such extreme things that almost tore apart our family, that brought division in our lives and our relationships with other family, and the enemy had not come try to come in and literally kill, if it had not been so extreme and God had not delivered in such a mighty way, could I have walked through that the same way? It meant her life. It meant her future. It meant her testimony. Could I have done that without that? Absolutely not. And God showed me in the book of Daniel. Amen. Then we're going to go on to the fast. All right. So getting into the message now, we're going to go on to the fast. And we are going to look. Let me pull this up here. We are going to look in numbers. I'm sure they've got it up there behind me. <laughs> We're going to look in numbers really quick. Because we all know the story of Jericho, or most of us do. We know the story of Jericho. But if you don't, it was the city, I tell you, that God handed over. It was the city that was taken down. Amen. And we are going to look. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to come back to that one. We're going to do numbers first. Numbers is going to talk about the children um wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And as I was going through the fast and I began to seek God for this year and what he had, and I was so thankful, you know, God had just given me that revelation. I was so thankful for that word. I began the fast, like many of you began the fast this year. And God really began to speak. And like Cricket said, it was the last week of the fast. Whenever he got his positive COVID test. I mean, the last week I was supposed to, be here with you guys on the day we break our fast. And I tell you, the enemy does not give up until the last second. You have got to fight the fight. Amen. You have got to pray and stand your ground because God is stronger. Amen. And so, but as we were going through that and as the fast was going on, his little things like that kept trying to, you know, deter from what was going on. God gave me a word. And I tell you, so I had come to the end of a season. And I'm not going to say for all of you a season is this this time or this amount of time or this. But I knew for me, with that revelation, it was the end of a season. And then God showed me this, which I tell you, because this goes back further. But in Numbers 23, 13, it says, The Lord's anger burned against Israel and made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. We know that, right? 
but until the whole generation of those who had done evil. So 40 years represents a new generation. Amen? A new generation. And I tell you, so one season ended, and this year, I actually turned 40 this year. And I tell you, God spoke this message to my heart. And I don't believe you have to be turning 40 or it be 40 years because of the blood of Jesus. Amen. God can do this today because of the blood of Jesus. But the principles in the Old Testament still apply to our lives when it comes to understanding God, understanding what the enemy's plan is, and fighting it and winning through the blood of Jesus. Amen. So this said, so what he did essentially was God asked them, he said, This is what your fathers have done. This is this generation. It says, and here you are, brood of sinners, standing in the place of your fathers and making the Lord eat your God even more angry with Israel. Number 15 says, if you turn away from following him, he will again leave his people in the wilderness and you will be the cause of this destruction. So here he's saying to them, he is saying, are you going to do different than your fathers? Are you going to choose different? And so in my life this year, and I believe there's many God is speaking to this year. It may not be 40 years for you, but it was 40 for me. God is saying, are you going to now stand and choose a path? Because of the sacrificial blood of Jesus, we don't have to wait 40 years. Your new beginning can start today if you choose it. So back to what I said at the beginning, I want you to think about that thing that has really got you bound, that is really holding on to you in your life. If you came in here this morning and you're not one of the ones, because I've been in many services this way, you're not one of the ones that's excited and know and ready and ready to war. But if you're beaten down by the enemy a little bit this morning, I want you to think about that thing that has got you down. And if God has not spoken a word yet, just wait a minute. We're going to keep going. So it is the beginning of something new in this new season. It is the beginning of what God is doing. And he's asking you, though, he's asking you, are you ready to do different? Are you ready to break that generational curse? Are you ready to stop that addiction in your life? Are you ready for all of these things that you can only do through me, through my power, through my strength, not through your own strength? Are you ready to lay that down? And when God showed me this, you know, there's so many of us that are for lack of a better way to put it, born into the wilderness. Maybe there are those that aren't, but there are a lot that are. They're born into circumstances or situations that, of course, they didn't ask for. They couldn't have predicted. They were young. They were children. But you were born into the wilderness, and God has come into your life now, and God wants to make this thing new in your life. And what he is asking you today is, Okay, I have delivered you out. We're at the place. We're at the point. Are you going to choose a different path? Are you going to choose a different direction in your life? And I declare today, and I say say to God today, I choose a different path in a different direction. Not only from maybe circumstances you were brought up in, but the path that you were on yesterday. You can choose today a different path. Amen? And now I want to, we're going to move ahead here just a minute. You know, I didn't get this example in the first service, but I um, got so fired up in that first service, I tell you, God is good. But I saw a picture for you guys who are watching and joining with us online today, and maybe you guys have seen it, this little meme or this little picture. It was two men sitting there, and one was in a suit, and one was in, you know, tattered clothes. He had a paper bag in his hand. 
And the thing asked, it says, what caused you to be where you are today? And both of the men answered, my father was an alcoholic. But yet two very different lives, two very different outcomes. And why does that happen? Why does that happen that you can be in the same situation, same circumstance, same thing going on, and get two completely different outcomes? I believe, I don't care what the meme says or what the world says, but I know it's because of the power of God. Amen? It is the power of God, but it's also the choice that we make to follow God. And it doesn't matter if you're the man in the suit or if you're the man in the tattered clothes. The man in the tattered clothes has as much of a calling on his life as the man in the suit does. He just has to choose it and go after it. Because God is sitting there next to him waiting, saying, Okay, when are you going to choose me? When are you going to say, I need you, God? Because one is no better than the other. God loves both equally. But we have to choose God. We have to choose this day who we will serve. It says that in Joshua 24. Choose this day who you will serve. Let me ask you this question. Have you chosen this day who you will serve? Amen. Have you chosen this day what you're going to believe? Have you chosen? Because only you can choose it. You know, Cricket's talking about that class, Chosen. Many are called if you were chosen. If you were chosen today, I believe you are chosen, but you've got to grab it and you've got to go after it and you've got to hold on to it with all your might. And now I want to look at my next scripture. And I'll tell you, this was one that brought it home for me. This one was literally the week before the fast end. It was on a Sunday. It was after church. It was on the way home from church and after church. And I'll tell you, When God spoke this, it was like he gave me the battle plan for the breaking through. Amen? God has been so faithful, and so many things have been broken in our life, in our marriage, and all of that. But God wants to continue to break things off. Amen? He wants to take down that big thing in your life that has been holding you captive for so long. I tell you, who in here is ready for that big thing in their life to finally come down? Amen. Well, God's going to give you the battle plan for that right here. We're going to read, and we're going to take a verse that many of you guys know, but we're going to look at what happens at the end. Because just like in Numbers, at the end of the 40 years, he had something new for those who would choose it, for that next generation. And at the end of Joshua 6, he's got something new, but there's going to be something that we have to do. So I'm going to read it. Bear with me. I'm going to read it really quick because I tried to jump around this morning. and It did not work. Joshua 6, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because... Because of the Israelites, no one went out, no one came in. How many of you guys have something in your life that the enemy is securely barring it up? It's a stronghold. He is trying to hold you in. Nothing's going out and nothing's coming in. You can't pray anymore. You can't seek anymore. It's almost like you're locked up. Nothing is moving. Maybe you've lost your emotion. Maybe you've lost your compassion. Maybe you've lost your belief. Whatever it is. If any, you don't have to raise your hand. But if any of you are there today, this word is for you. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its mighty men. See, God is speaking. He has already delivered you. He's already delivered you, but we have got to take that. Amen. We've got to do what his word says, and we have got to take that back from the enemy. Amen. 
So he told him, he gave him an instruction. He said, march around the city once with all the army and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry the trumpets and the ram's horn in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. When you hear them sound the long blast of the trumpets, the whole army give a shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So he gave them instruction and he said, to march. And you know, I think we can see that there's a power in a march. God knows that. But the enemy also knows that. Because how many times all around our world do we see people join together and march? And it's not always for something good. Because there is power in joining together. There is power in forward movement, in taking that step when it's hard to take, in taking that next step, in marching, in taking a stand for God, in taking a stand for Jesus. There is power in the march, but it doesn't end there. Because he didn't, he didn't just say march seven times, because then we see here he told the men to do it and they did it. But he didn't just march. At the end of the march, he said, give a shout, amen, and the walls will fall, amen. And so I tell you, so I was really just, you know, praying this and praying this and God was speaking this and I was driving in and I got the girls home and all of that and God really spoke to me. He said, it's not a city, but I want you to begin to march around your home. I want you to begin to march. I want you to begin to walk. And for whatever reason, it wasn't seven times, it was ten times. But I began to march. How many of you guys have ever followed something that God told you to do, even though you didn't fully understand it or it didn't make sense? So I began to do that. It was like the coldest day in Foley where we live. It was freezing, had to put on like three layers and every reason and excuse. It's cold, the kids are crazy today, you know, all of this stuff. Every reason to stop. But I knew God said to do it. So I began to march around the house, just began to march, began to pray, began to march, began to pray, began to walk, and began to do that, began to seek God, began to pray. Because, see, when they marched around that city and they gave a shout, that thing came falling down. Sometimes that thing in our life that is such the stronghold, we've got to begin to march around it and give a shout of praise for that thing to fall down. So at the end of walking all those times around, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. Although I'm bolder than I used to be, I I was telling them this morning, I said, you know, shouting in the front yard is not really me and my personality. You know, I don't walk around shouting and, and all that. But I knew that God said, if you want this thing in your life, not only do you march around that thing and do you march around that thing. Many of you have prayed over that thing and prayed over that thing. But you have to give a shout of praise. So there, standing in my yard, irregardless of cars or who saw me, I began to shout. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, I know the girls were looking out the window wondering what is going on outside. But I shouted, Hallelujah. Amen. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that walls began to fall. Those things that we cannot yet see, but that God knows are there, begin to fall. Amen. See, God sees it if we can believe it and pray it in faith. God can get to that and God can begin to work in that. So there may be those things I do not yet know, but I believe God has already ended and the walls have fallen. And there are those things that I do know that I believe that God is breaking because at the end of that march and the end of that shout, as with many things we've talked about on our Bible studies on Wednesday mornings these last couple months, there's a warning. And I tell you, I love, I love to find the warning in God's word. 
Because God puts it there for a reason. And it's just as powerful as any proclamation. It's a warning because it's for protection. I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to have to make every mistake in the book to learn a lesson. If God puts it there for me before I get there, praise God. Amen? And so we are going to move on here to Joshua 6, 26. Thank you. 26. And this is very important piece of this. At the time that Joshua pronounced this solemn oath, cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn son, he will lay its foundation. And at the cost of his youngest, he will put up its gates. There is a cost when we begin and we rebuild on top of what God has taken down. There is a cost, and I know that's not a pretty scripture or warm and fuzzy, but it's the truth. Man, there is a cost, and there's a cost because the enemy is real on this earth, and the second you let your guard down, that enemy is going to take as much as he can. So God warns him here. He said, I, by my power, God took that thing down. See, what God wants him to do now is to move on to the next city and take that and take that. But he does not want them to rebuild. We cannot rebuild on what God has taken down. And I remember back seven years ago, and and I, I say that because it was the biggest, most obvious time in my life. But there have been so many others. But at that time, God tore a thing down that I couldn't tear down. And the enemy will try and bring it back up to us sometimes, put us in fear or whatever you know your thing is. But we stomp on that thing and we say it's under the blood of Jesus and we move forward differently. The enemy is going to try to get you to rebuild because the enemy knows, just like in Jericho, there's a cost if you build on the ruins. There's a cost. God laid that thing down for you. He laid it out flat. If you can imagine an entire city laid flat and God giving you the victory over whatever that situation is, he allowed you to see it. Because he does not want you to rebuild on it because it will cost you dearly. We talk about generational curses and we talk a lot about getting free from generational curses. But where do they come from? Well, how many of you guys, if we could imagine, would say some of those may begin right here. We talk about getting free from them, but where do they start? Building on top of ruins that God took down. So if you have a generational curse in your life, something that your father, mother kept dealing with and kept dealing with, maybe grandparent, great-grandparent, and you see it coming down, I want you to know, with the power of the blood of Jesus and with the knowledge that you have, God can use you to be the one to break that generational curse. And know this, do not rebuild on what God destroyed. If God laid flat addiction in front of your life, do not rebuild on that thing. It will cost you and the next generation. If God took depression or anxiety or any of those things, fear out of your life, do not rebuild on it. It's not to say the enemy's not going to use something to bring that fear back, but you don't have to build on it. You put it under the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because see, some of you guys, we're all at different places. We're all at different 
different points. I know many of you have been praying and praying and marching around that thing for a long time. You have been faithful in your prayers. You have been faithful in what you have done. And God wants you to know he sees that. And now it's time to give that shout of praise for the thing that maybe you haven't seen come to pass, but you are praising in faith saying, I know it is because your word says it is. Amen. And then some of you guys have shouted. You've stood in that yard. You don't care what you look like, but you have shouted praise to the Lord. Amen. But then you're at the next part and that thing is falling. That thing is crumbling. You are free in this area. You're free in that area. Everybody knows you're free. They see you in a way they've never seen you before. Now God says you are here. Do not rebuild on this thing. You turn around and you keep walking in the direction I have for you. We're going to move from glory to glory, from this destiny, and God is building your destiny. Don't look back. Look at the next thing. You've got to release what was and walk into what God has for you and what is. And you may say, well, I see that in the word, but what really happened? Well, it went on to say, unfortunately, because we see this happen in our lives. But praise God, we have the blood of Jesus for what I'm about to say. 500 years later, during the reign of Ahab, that was, you know, Jezebel was involved in that. It was a very scary time in the world. I think some of us, all of us living today can say there's been some scary times, right? Things going on around us that seem impossible, that seem bigger, that scare us for our children, for whatever the situation may be. So they were living in this scary time. And you'll find this in 1 Kings 16. But um, a man named Hill rebuilt the city. So unfortunately, the city was rebuilt. It was not supposed to be rebuilt, right? He lost his first son, Abram, at the foundation. And when he set the gates, he lost his youngest son. I can't say the name, but Jacob, I think it is. So the thing that wasn't supposed to happen, happened. And what God spoke came to pass. He lost his first son, and he lost his last son. And then we see in Mark 10, 46, 52, Jesus, so Jesus himself, walked in to Jericho that was rebuilt. So it was rebuilt. But I want to tell you something today. If you have unknowingly, before today, rebuilt your city, that stronghold, It can be taken down because of the blood of Jesus. It is not too late for you. Amen? Because Jesus came and died. But here we see Jesus walk back back into that city. But you know who is sitting at the gate of that city? Blind Bartimaeus. He was sitting at the gates of Jericho. He lived in poverty. He was blind. He had no future. As a matter of fact, his his father named him Bartimaeus. And most people had names that meant future. But his name was Bartimaeus, son of Tamus, which meant no future. So he had no future. It was the darkest time. Somebody had done something. They had rebuilt this thing. 500 years later, and they rebuilt this thing. And the very thing that was in the word of God, that God said happened. And here's this man. But you know what Blind Bartimaeus did? He shouted, and Jesus heard him. Amen? So they shouted when they took down Jericho. They gave that shout, and Jericho fell. Blind Bartimaeus shouted to Jesus, and Jesus heard, and Jesus came. We can give a shout out to God and say, Lord, forgive me for rebuilding something I didn't know. Forgive me, Lord. 
Get this thing out of my life. Take this thing out. Because I did not know. Forgive me, Lord. And now I know. And God is so faithful to take that thing out of our life. And it may, it may be a struggle to get it out. Depending on how hard-headed we are. I'm kind of hard-headed. Creek is definitely hard-headed. So sometimes we hold on to that thing. And it may be a struggle. But the quicker we give it over to God and we fall humbly, like it said in Daniel, on our knees, humbly before him, he will take it away. Amen. He will take that thing. He will break that generational curse through a process. And I tell you, what God did for me in my life, and as we come to the close of this service, as the worship team comes up, at the beginning, that last song they play, that they played was a song that the worship team was uh, playing during that service. That service that God spoke to my heart. And that song, you know, the chorus, the chorus is, don't tell me he can't do it. And it lists all of those things he's done. And I listened to that song as I was, you know, had tears pouring. And it was just, I found myself in several of those. And I was like, he did that. He did that. Or I found someone I knew and I said, he did that. So don't tell me he can't do it. So today... And the purpose, I believe, of this word from God this morning is because he wants to move you to the next level of what he has for you. So we have come to a new year. Yes, we know. But for many of you, maybe like me, you're coming into a new season. You're coming into what God has for you. You're putting away what was past and you're walking in to what is new. God has broken things, has been trying to break things in your life. Maybe he's been waiting for you to just give it over to him so that he can take it and he can make it what he wants it to be for his will. So as we begin to end this service today, I'm going to pray over two areas. And we're going to pray together over these two areas. Number one, it's going to be for those who have been marching and praying and believing God for so long over family, over health, over all these things. And we're going to begin to see and begin to see God do these things. So I'm going to begin to pray for those who need to shout. Those who need to shout praise. You have been so faithful in what you do. And now God is saying, I see you. I see you marching through this thing. And now it's time. You shout and the walls are going to fall down just like they did in Jericho. And then we're going to pray over and we're going to believe and we're going to speak that there are those of you guys who are on the verge of rebuilding on some ruins. And I just want to say to you this morning, God is saying, do not rebuild. Stop where you are. Stop what you're doing. Don't do it. Don't rebuild. Maybe it's for someone online or here today, but don't do it. You're right there. You're right there at the breakthrough. This is your choice. You can turn and you can walk and you can conquer the next thing God has, or you can rebuild and it's going to cost you everything. And you may say, but the blood of Jesus, but see the enemy is so sneaky in what he does. Because sometimes when we start rebuilding, we don't even realize we're rebuilding. So we don't repent. We don't ask for forgiveness. And we become almost numb the more it happens. And we, we catch ourselves and we're like, oh, God, forgive me. God, forgive me. But then we rebuild a little bit more. And it's so sneaky the way it happens and the way it comes in. And so God wants us to know, if I have knocked down a ruin in your life, do not rebuild on it. It will cost 
And it will cost because the enemy is going to continue to make you numb to realizing what he is doing. And how do you know that that's happening? How do you know that's happening? Because you're saying, oh, well, maybe it'll get better. Maybe this. You've become numb to realize there is power in the blood of Jesus. Don't settle for maybe. Don't settle for it could or might happen for me. It happened for them. No, it will happen for you. He did do it for you. Don't tell me he can't do it because he did it for me. He can do it for you. He did it for my kids. He did it for my husband. He did it for my marriage. He did it for you. And several of you in here, I've seen God do miracles. So we are going to begin to pray and believe. But I tell you, as we enter into this thing and we're going to war with this thing, know this though, be it according to your faith. As you sit there and you've been thinking about that thing God has got you in, now is the time to activate your faith and your relationship with God. It doesn't matter if it's been messy up until this point. That's okay. Because we can say, God, forgive me and humble ourselves. Lord, I need you. I know that I can't make it through this with you. I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. But I humble myself and I come before you today because I realize if I don't keep this thing broken down in the ground where you laid it, it's going to destroy me. Acknowledge that, but believe by your faith. So they're going to begin to pray. And as they pray, I want you to begin to pray and seek God for yourself. Take these last few minutes because these may be the most important few minutes you have at the beginning of this year, today, this week, in your life. Who knows? But, a, but be at God's will in your life. He is going to speak to you in this moment. So as they begin to play now, I'm going to begin to just pray over you guys. And we're going to begin to pray and believe what God is going to do. Amen. God, we just ask and we thank you, Lord, for coming here today, Lord. We just ask, God, that you begin to speak revelation into people's lives, God. That you begin to speak future. That you begin to speak purpose, destiny, God, that you began to reveal to people what they have in their lives, where they are, God. Do they need to march? Do they need to march around that house, march around that stronghold? Do they need to begin to shout to you, God? Give that shout and that cry of praise. Are they on the verge of seeing that wall come down in their life and they are on the edge and they are there, God, and you are knocking at that door? Have that wall already been laid out before them? Have they given the testimony? Have they seen the breakthrough? But now they need to turn and walk away and not rebuild on that thing. Amen. So if you are that this morning, if you are saying, God, I need you. Lord, I have prayed and I prayed. But now, God, I am going to give you a shout of praise. I want you to do that right now. One, two, three. Amen. Praise you, God. Shout for that thing. Shout for your miracle. Shout for what you're doing. Thank you, Lord God. The Lord gave me for this, for our body right here. He said he was reversing the curse. He reversing the curse. Reversing the curse. And I got drunk in the goose. Oh, Lord. But he did. He's reversing the curse. Do Say it. I receive it. Halamasiko. And then he, oh, glory to God. Oh, Jesus. He, this is the word he said. You 
lead, you lead, you lead. And I mean, he wasn't playing, playing around. I'm, and I know, Justin, you're leading. <laughs> but that's his word. Lead, lead, lead. And then this other, oh, dear Jesus, help me, Lord. <laughs> and, and a while ago, up there with Kevin, he's in the hospital with, with the, all this stuff the devil's throwing at him. Well, he ain't going to work. It ain't going to work, honey. It ain't going to work. That's my firstborn. That, but he belongs to God, and he can't touch him. Oh, and let me tell you this wonderful, beautiful thing. I was sitting, sitting there in the junk as a goose, and he, he, he went into, and I wasn't, didn't even have a calf on my heart, you know, this was uh, last week. And, and all of a sudden, the gift of tongues came out, and the, the, the uh, interpretation came out. And he said, Kevin, you are made whole. <laughs> Arise, shine. For the light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. And so is Maurice and um, CC. Oh, glory to God. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm about to turn it back over to Jennifer, but I'm going to... I truly believe the title of her message is Breakthrough. This is your day for everything to change. So I want to invite, as Jennifer goes into this part... You know it's your day for breakthrough if, one, you can't see your life being any different than it is right now. You need to get up to the front and get a breakthrough today. If you can't see how your life can be any different, you're like blind Bartimaeus in a city that was never supposed to be rebuilt. And then number two, if you're living under circumstances of a curse, you say, well, what does that look like? If you're living in poverty, if you're living in depression... If you're living in hopelessness, if you're living in bondage, today's your breakthrough. You need to come forward. Those two people are about to be set free. Your walls are going to come down. I'm going to turn it back over to Jim, but if you're really sick and tired of being sick and tired, be willing to get up here and get your breakthrough. Amen, guys. So we are going to continue on. And we are not only, we gave our shout to the Lord. So see, now you don't have to wait 40 years. or You don't have to wait any amount of time because of the blood of Jesus. Now you have given that shout to the Lord. And those walls of that thing that you walked in here with are crumbling down to the ground. God is laying them out at your feet. So now we are going to pray as they sing. And they are going to start singing about everything that God has done. What He has done. Because we know what He does and we are going to say and proclaim, God, I will not rebuild. I will not be rebuilt on what you have taken down. Praise God.
for you today. Amen. Don't tell me God cannot do it. I have seen God do it. Have you seen God do it? Do you believe He can do it in your life? Do you have the faith that God will move? Do you believe it irregardless of what you see, irregardless of circumstance? Do you know that you are healed? Do you know that it is done, that it is written in His Word, and that all you have to do is grab a hold of that promise? morning someone just needs to proclaim I know that he will do it. I know that it is done. Proclaim that today. I know, not that you think or you wish or you hope but that you know that it is done in Jesus name. And someone this morning needs to say to the enemy, don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me it is not possible. Because just like for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it says, even if you don't, I will still serve God. Amen. I will not bow to the enemy. I will not give it over. I will serve God irregardless. See, that is the kind of faith as believers we have to have in what God is doing. That even though we don't see it, we know and we will not bow to what the enemy is doing. This is a year. This is a new season. This is the next generation. This is the next step in your life. And you need to proclaim today, I will not bow to what the enemy is doing. That I will receive all that God has for me in this season. I'm not going to sit the same way I've sat before because I'm sick and tired of giving it over. If you have felt a stirring in your spirit this year as you fasted to begin to war with that enemy, if you feel that stirring, you are not alone because God is saying it is time to take that ground. It is time to take that ground for you, for your kids, for your community. I'm sick and tired of seeing what the enemy is doing in our world. I'm not going to be quiet. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to fight with the weapons that God gives us in His Word. You put on the breastplate of righteousness. You put on those weapons that God has, and you begin to war with those. You begin to pray. You begin to fast. But you also begin to speak, begin to declare, begin to march, begin to shout. And then you look at what the enemy tried to do to you. You look at those ruins, and you know what you do? You give a shout of praise, and you turn, and you walk away, and you say, I'm on to the next thing. I will not rebuild anymore. I will not rebuild. I break every curse. I will not be the beginning of my kids' torment. I take it down today. And I will not rebuild. Because this is a year of not rebuilding. This is a year of gaining ground in everything that the enemy's trying to do. It. Every church, every Christian, everyone moving in direction of God. This is the year to take back what the enemy has done to us in the last couple of years. What the enemy has done in our lives, in our country, in our community, and in our families. We take it back. We do not settle. Quit settling for what the enemy has to hand you and proclaim what God has and learn and be 
again and know how to fight the way God tells us in His Word to war and to fight with the enemy. Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. Amen. Amen. They're the spiritual weapons that God gives us. Those ways to battle. Those ways to pray through. Those ways to fast and take ground. And know that when His God has defeated what He has defeated here today, and He has laid some things on the ground for people today. He has laid it out before you. So look. Look at what He has laid before you. See it. Know it. See that it's there. And you look at it and you say, God did that. And now, because God did that, I'm going to turn and I'm going to what God has for me. And I'm never looking back. And I'm never rebuilding. Because we are a generation, if we're on this earth today, we were called to move forward, to not look back. We were called out, out of the 40 years of wandering. And we were called, God is asking, are you going to do different? Are you going to be the next ones to walk out and serve me? And I proclaim today, amen. We are God. We are going to serve you and we're going to walk your path. In Jesus' name, you guys have an awesome rest of your week. I can't wait to hear the testimonies of what God does. Have an awesome day.